I think the main thing is to just find an issue that you really care about and research about it, learn more about it, talk it with other people, your friends or classmates um, and teachers. And I think, you know, form a community of people that also care about it as much as you do and then take it from there. According to the Brennan Center for Justice, student activism is on the rise. Despite long being thought of as politically disengaged, students are interested now more than ever in advocating for the causes that they care about. What drives our students to engage in civic life and create calls for action? What barriers exist for young people pursuing activism? And how can we support students who desire to create positive change in their communities? This is What I Want to Know. And today I'm joined by Mandy Zhang to find out. Mandy Zhang is a high school student in upstate New York and the founder and executive director of Young STEMIS, a nonprofit dedicated to reimagining STEM education for all students. As a recipient of the Youth Activist of the Year Award by the Dutchess County Democratic Committee, she is passionate about a variety of issues affecting young people. Today, she joins us to discuss what civic engagement means to this generation and how they want to be supported. Mandy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I love doing podcasts and especially doing what I want to know. It's such an honor. Well, thank you very much. Um, now, first of all, I want to make sure that all of our listeners and viewers know a little bit about you. You're still in high school, correct? Yes, I'm 17 years old. And uh, what's the name of your high school? Um, Royce Ketchum High School. It's in Dutchess County of New York. Now, you've received a lot of attention and uh, notoriety uh, because of your activism. And by activism, I mean that you have found issues that you believe are important and you've spoken out about them. Now, where did this all come from? Because for a lot of students, finding their voice, especially when it comes to issues that adults sometimes control, can be tough. But you have managed to do that. So talk about what drove you to speak out on some of these things. So basically, growing up, I had selective mutism. And if you don't know what that is, it's a complex anxiety disorder characterized by the inability to speak and communicate ineffectively um, in certain social situations. So for me, I couldn't really talk in school because I just had selective mutism and like I couldn't get the words out. So um, and I also live in Dutchess County, New York, and a few years ago, nearly half of my village burned down. So um, I was inspired to prevent another destruction caused by fire. And so I decided to form a Red Cross club at my school. And that's where I not only started a home fire safety campaign for kids in 10 elementary schools. That's where I first started. But that's where I also overcame my selective mutism. And I started to get out of my comfort zone. And we also taught 400 kids how to make an escape plan, engaging them in stop, drop, and roll, and um, what to do during an emergency. So on Red Cross Day, we also programmed the Mid-Hudson Bridge to light up red to recognize the people who make our mission possible. And when the pandemic hit, we sewed 300 masks for veterans, and we also 
hosted bake sales for um, during the Ukraine war. Um, and two years ago, I proposed a comprehensive plan um, that would make tracking volunteer hours easier, which is also used by the American Red Cross today. And so this school year, I'm also planning to make a puppet show in my town and talk about the importance of first aid safety and what to do during a natural disaster. So as the founder and president of my Red Cross Club for the past two years, I've not only learned how to unite a community after a devastating fire, but I also learned um, the importance of engaging with your community and uniting um, young leaders that will change the world one day. Now, by the way, uh, you know, it should be noted for our listeners and viewers that you're one of 25 student students ac across the country that has been designated as an ambassador for the Red Cross because of your work. So congratulations on that. Thank you. I was so shocked that I got picked. And I think only there's only two kids from New York State that get picked. Wow, that's awesome. So, Mandy, let, let's talk about um, your challenge in terms of speaking in social settings. And did you find, because I've talked to other students who've had similar challenges, you, you you described it as your comfort zone. Did you find that the more you were able to step out a little bit, then over time you got more and more comfortable stepping out of that comfort zone even more? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think when I was in elementary school, I tried really hard to speak by like raising, I would make a goal on in my little planner and I would, you know, say, okay, today I'm going to try to raise my hand for two questions. And then my teachers would also reward me with like stickers and like that I get to pick from the treasure box. So I think that really helped and getting myself more out in the community and engaging with um, people that I don't know um, really helped. I hope you're enjoying this episode of What I Want to Know, one of the most downloaded K-12 education podcasts in the country. Make sure you don't miss any of these important topics. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast or social media platform. And leave a rating and review so we can bring you more of the topics you want to hear about. Now back to the conversation. Now, you have been involved in an, a number of different other activities. You mentioned the Red Cross and the fire in your county and how you help bring people together. And, and I want to talk about some of the other things that you got, you've gotten involved in. But I really also want to understand how you pick and choose, because there are so many issues out here that are affecting the world, affecting the community. Uh, how do you decide what problem you want to play a role in helping to solve? So I think the main thing that is the reason why people get involved in activism is you pick a topic that really, really interests you. So for me, it's climate change. And I think that's what really, because it really hit home for me. Like um, I used to go to Chinatown, New York City, and I would see just plastic bags everywhere. And so that contributed to pollution. And that's where my mom also taught me about climate change. And that's how it all started when I learned about what contributed to climate change and, um, you know, the smoke coming on up from the factories. Now, when it, when it comes to climate change, 
Um, as you know, that is a a hot political issue. There are folks who feel that, you know, there's no climate change. There are folks that feel that, okay, there are some issues that we need to deal with and others that feel strongly that we should be aggressive. And how did you figure out uh, the best way to navigate sort of those political waters? Because it's such a political issue. Yeah. So one of my huge role models uh, is Greta Thunberg, and she is very much politically attacked by the right side of the politics. And I'm always inspired by her activism and determination. And I think it runs like ocean waves and motivates us, the rest of the youth activists, um, to protest and take action, whether it be hanging up posters or running for office. And I think the main thing is um, just to ignore, you know, the political hate from the sides because i think when you focus on that it just turns down into a very vicious spiral and i do have some experience from that and i learned um, not only to become resilient but to learn how to become stronger and just to ignore the hate you also have taken on the issue of book banning talk about that experience and why you chose that issue to uh, lend your voice? Basically, I was um, watching some, like, my school board meeting. I don't think any uh, any other kids watch it except by, except <laughs> me. But I was watching the school board meeting and something weird happened where um, this lady basically wanted to ban this book. And um, under, you know, no one noticed it, but our superintendent just, you know, with a snap of his finger, just banned it. And so that really shocked me. And so I did more research about it. And I realized that this was a much bigger issue than I even realized. Um, and I couldn't even believe that it happened in our own district because I've been here since I was kindergarten. So I was like, what is happening? And, um, you know, obviously the book, Genderqueer, is um was written by an lgbtq author and so i learned that the books that are being banned are often written by african-american and um lgbtq authors and so you know i really want to support my peers because a lot of them are part of the community and so what i did was i started a petition gained thousands and thousands of signatures and it went viral um and again the you know, bunch of support from librarians and teachers and students from across the nation. I've always believed that parents should be involved, um, but also believe that students should be involved. And there has to be a balance in terms of how that involvement takes place. Um, you have seen, because of your activism, um, that some adults respond in a positive way and some do not. I mean, what, talk a little bit about the support that students need that decide to express themselves. Because I really do believe that more students should weigh in on what's going on in schools because you're the ones, you're the end users. You're the ones who are supposed to be the recipients of the education. So talk a little bit about what would make it easier for young people to feel comfortable speaking about those things that affect them in school? So I think the 
having a coherent and robust program of history and social science um, through the throughout the K through 12 schools is definitely the first step. Um, it teaches children how to how our government works and Democrat, Republican, and um, it develops the skill of our future citizens that will need to participate fully in the government and also the ability to critically use evidence and to support an at to support an argument and debate club is also really important to have in a school because it allows the students to an opportunity to join that and to um you know argue against opposing views and to learn and listen from each other um it can also impact the students willingness to participate to vote serve a jury and uh, run for elect elected office well those things make a lot of sense in fact um it's interesting because uh, many of us believe that this idea of civics as just a class uh, should be uh, mandatory in schools, to your point, so the kids do understand the importance of participating in the democracy and also so that parents and you know school leaders and school board members allow you a form uh, by which you can speak. Uh, you must be proud of Young STEMIS. I mean, that's really a cool program. Uh, it's, it's a different way to look at STEM education from a student's point of view. So talk about how that got started. So growing up, I was absorbed in the wondrous worlds of STEM, but my parents couldn't afford, you know, to send me to robotics classes because we're on the lower side of the financial. And... So instead, as a child, I came up with my own ideas and I made arcade games out of old boxes, which sparked my creativity and love for learning and also sparked my activism and to increase STEM resources for girls around the world who are just like me that could attend the classes that I wished I could. And so what I wanted to do was start a program where, you know, could provide free programs to kids in the country and, you know, globally. So um, I think I was in 10th grade. I, um, I started Young STEMIS and I taught 800 kids in Malaysia and India how to make bioplastic out of seaweed. And I learned how to do that from my chemistry class. And so I applied it outside of class um, globally, which is really cool. And we also host free monthly STEM classes to kids in the community for underserved kids. And I'm actually hosting one, I think, less than a month um, at my own local library. And, you know, I'm really humbled to share that parents have told me how big of an impact it has made on the community and their own kids. And we did have some kids, but um, the second year, it was, it like blew up because um, so many parents talked about how great it was. And so the second year when I, um, when registration opened, like the registration was filled like in, I think one hour. So all the spots were taken and we had a bunch of fun. I mean, you know, what's cool about this, when a lot of people think of STEM, and that's why this idea of 
you know, from the young STEMers reimagining STEM education, a lot of people think of STEM, they think of like serious classroom work. But when I looked at what you did in your camp, it was clear. And as you just described, you know, it's also all about fun. Yeah, it was so much fun. I've never been so tired and so like energetic at the same time because seeing those kids every day and seeing their smiles just made the entire world for me. And we made like, I think pounds and pounds of slime. We had like <laughs> gallons of glue and we also had slime solution and we had um, confetti and these foam balls that we put inside them and the kids were having a blast and it made a huge mess, but that mess was so fun to clean up. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Mandy, I have one other question for you, and this is what I really want to know because so many young people are listening to you. Uh, and just like you were inspired by Greta um, in the climate change issue, what advice would you give to high school students who want to step out there and speak out on those issues on, that are important to them, but may be hesitant to do so. What advice would you give them? So I do want to give advice for teachers also. So, I, so I'll start with that. So a few of my teachers actually do monthly current event projects. Like for AP Biology, we research the latest news and write about new scientific breakthroughs. And I think that really helps students keep up with the latest topics and stay in touch with the world. And my ninth grade teacher, mm -hmm. Mr. Zelotis, he lets us watch CNN 10 on Friday, which features politics, science, and community news. And I think it really inspires us to change the world. Um, and for, as in terms of students, I think the main thing is to just find an issue that you really care about and research about it, learn more about it, talk it with other people, your friends or classmates um, and teachers. And I think, you know, form a community of people that also care about it as much as you do and then take it from there. Well, I think that's great advice. And Mandy, I tell you what, I commend you for what you're doing and your commitment and, and don't lose that. You've got a bright future ahead of you. And obviously you have the community at heart. So continue to do what you're doing and keep letting us know about your progress. And, and thanks so much for joining us on what I want to know. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to What I Want to Know. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app so you can explore other episodes and dive into our discussions on the future of education and write a review of the show. I also encourage you to join the conversation and let me know what you want to know using hashtag WIWTK on social media. That's hashtag W-I-W-T-K. For more information on Stride and online education, visit stridelearning.com. I'm your host, Kevin P. Chavis. Thank you for joining What I Want to Know.